Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 24. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. In this episode, Eric continues the discussion from his recent class, Red Curtain, Act 2, diving deeper into the topic of simulated reality and what it means to your spirituality. He answers questions on seeing energy and the sideways rain, then explore how to continue the process of integrating with the program to alter reality, peel away the veils of reality to see the deeper truth of what we exist in. Enjoy. We're picking up where we left off with the Red Curtain Act 2 class. We had a lot of extra questions, so we're going to go over some of those. Um, first question is just to quickly, uh, could you describe what the side rays rain uh, looks like? Well, this seems to be the, the hot topic lately yeah. because it's, it's come up more recently than I think it's come up over the last few years as far as frequency goes. You want me to describe it or you want me to... Because, yeah... Just to kind of give a preliminary okay. of what it is. Look, there, this is kind of difficult to explain, but you have to go on the premise that reality is an illusion from spiritual circles, or you could say that reality is a simulated reality. Whatever it is, that's not the most important part. The important part is to say that what we perceive visually, physically, everything else is a, a generated reality for all intents and purposes. Having said that, if you were to strip everything that we see away that's an illusion, everything that we're told this is reality to our senses, okay, that when you sit and you meditate in a specific way and you observe through your eyes, okay, not with your eyes shut, not with your mind, not like, oh, I think I feel something, like literally with your eyes, you steer into a room that can you don't necessarily need to have the lights off but i recommend it in the beginning for for people who need to know what they're looking for once you have it i mean you can do it anywhere with any amount of light but you then kind of look in there you see the static in the air you see the energy you see the environment and you kind of got to work with that and you use this process of letting your mind go emptiness it's really the, i think the key thing is not so much paying attention to what you're observing as much as you're emptying your mind, as much as you're detaching, you're using the techniques that that um, you've developed over time from Higher Balance to kind of detach mentally because that's kind of like the Wi-Fi that keeps us connected to all this. That the more non-thought you have, the more that you, you let your mind kind of empty out, the less it has an integration with your consciousness and with your sensory. And so what begins to happen is you see the static, you see different layers, and it's, it's like kind of peeling away like an onion. And I've said this with other stuff because it's a great way of explaining this. You, you kind of have to accept removing these layers. If you're just going to go from zero to 100, it, ain't, it doesn't work that way. 
Take your time with it. And as you're staring, you're, you're going to see the static. It's going to fade. You're going to see different stuff fade away. You're going to see different things till eventually you get to this point where if the room is dark, you won't have the superimposed background a little bit. So I want people to understand it so they, they can confirm they're actually seeing it. Cause sometimes when I do it, you know, I'm so aware of it. I can still see the, the reality still here, but I can see in the space between me and whatever the object is in the middle, I can see the whole thing filled with the sideways rain when I'm, when I'm in that state. But you can get to such a point where everything just starts to fade away, like the room, the walls, the furniture. I mean, it literally starts to become like just transparent and then just, just disappears until where you just have this, this sideways looks like static. Um, how to describe it. If you can see energy in a room, it's at first you, you, you see the static everywhere, but what you have to realize is that, that when you see little tiny dots and there's so many of them, it looks like chaotic. It just looks like they're just there and you can see what are blotches in certain areas and certain areas, they seem a little bit brighter. So as blotches, so this gives you a sense of depth and not depth. It's just another layer of how I think the simulated reality or whatever you want to call it manifests our sense of depth and distance. So this is just a very rude, cleared up way of, of starting to see that. So, when you realize that it's just distortion and that that the clear level and the dark level are literally side by side next to each other, there's no real distance. It's an optical illusion. And you start to see that static for what it is in your, in your mind, there's another level of truth when you, when you realize that. So now you start to get rid of this, this depth level of, of blotchiness. And you realize that all of these little dots are like perfectly, laid out they're 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 microscopic they're laid out perfectly and so it's it's like to say like a part you know like um the 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 negative protons around an atom or whatever how does it keep its distance how does it know how perfect for the space between that and the core if you will it's to say the same thing it's like they they perfectly keep an exact dif distance from one another and if you were to, to make a, a pen line on a microscopic level, you literally could make a square with it. The square could turn diagonal, whatever. You could then make a square and that square from whatever direction you would look at would look like it's bending or whatever, but it's just optical. Okay. This is the, 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 uh, main element that I keep stressing for the foundation of reality, the creation of reality, that this is the first governing level of how I, I believe it functions as far as what we perceive and integrate with. Okay. And that's very important to say that. Now, as you begin to, to observe this, this static energy and you realize how organized it is, there is this knee jerk reaction in you there's this level of fear. It's, it's, it's probably just as prim primal as the fight or flight syndrome. It's just different. And you just kind of either have to relax with it with non-thought or you're going to panic and you'll, you'll just snap out of it. But what happens then is you continue with this, this peeling of the onion and you're getting down to very, very fine levels. The, the instant that you start thinking about wanting to see even further, you're out. You can't think like that. You, you've got to use these techniques to really get this level. So what happens is you become aware that there is this grid 
that you you are in but you can observe from a distance interestingly even though it's moving right through you okay so there's still this this sense in your mind being able to create a three-dimensional reality and you see what looks like um like a pulse little tiny pulses and at first you might think that these pulses are just like 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 almost like stars twinkling a little bit but very faint very very you know i always say grayscale okay and when you start to become even more aware of it you realize that they're not really pulsing it's it's actually moving in a sideways direction it's actually finding following i want to say a linear path but it's following a top right to bottom left direction now why does it do that i think if you observe it enough it may switch going into the opposite direction i think this is just something optically us relating to it but when i really really get down to the deepest levels i see this very faint movement and this is why i call it the sideways rain because it's happening throughout the grid so it's like rain on a rainy day is the only way i can describe it with the wind blowing and it's dark out but you have some illumination and you can see what looks like raindrops streaking across the air and there's other ones following it and there's like this this tethering trail to the to the raindrop it kind of looks like that that's why we call it the sideways rain and so I would have to say that this is the, the finest element that's perceivable through our eyes optically and I believe we're adjusting consciously, okay? What is maybe the, the background source of energy for what generates reality? It's, it's like the, 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 the tell, as they call it in poker, when somebody itches the ear or rubs their nose, it's the tell. This is the tell that, that, that if it's, its energy is so perfectly um, generated, so perfectly you know, um, uh, uh, efficient, extremely efficient, that that is to say that the best thing that we can say is to look at a computer monitor and when, if you were to shut it off if you were to film it and put it in slow-mo what happens when the actual image disappears is there any remnants of discharge in that monitor and we're just not seeing it right away and that's how i would kind of relate it now the the, the thing that starts to get even deeper and more interesting and i'm not sure if everybody's ready to understand this or not but is that from a, from a very deep spiritual aspect, I don't perceive myself as being in this place. So when you are seeing this, there's this other part of me that also acknowledges that I'm my consciousness is immersed in something. Do, does that make sense? Yeah. And so because I'm immersed in something, I still know that what I'm seeing for sideways rain isn't necessarily the totality of a true existence. It's still part of the simulated reality. So you're, you, it's to say that in your dream, there is all this imagery, this distance, textures, smells, everything you can do here, you can do in there. There's not a, there's not a level of, of limitation to where you can travel to or what you can experience. But if you were to remove all of that, what is there is a static energy, but it's nothing like what you imagine it to be. There's a whole mainframe that you exist in called the organic brain if you will okay but it's almost as if it's in another dimension because it, you you almost can't relate to it 
Do you understand? Yeah. So it's it's kind of like that, and that's where I'll I'll leave that. But it's enough to drive anybody a little bit crazy. But you know, here's the thing: what what good is all of the idea of understanding a simulated reality or understanding all this? It gets back to the absolute properties of can we affect reality? If we can affect reality, how can we affect it in greater proportions? I believe that is a direct correlation if there's some mathematical kind of figure in computation. I believe it has to be with, with the fact of how much you acknowledge your relationship with reality. How much do you understand? How much can you perceive? How much can you envision in your mind, imagine if you will, that that relationship corresponds to a certain degree with how you can affect things. When, you know, I, I think it's very interesting because there is the, the old tale, and I've told it before, about the uh, Korean mystic way, way back when, when he was kind of ordered to move an entire military from one end of the country to the other instantaneously. And the story kind of goes that there's this intense fog that starts, and they're, they're all kind of marching slowly. And into the fog, they can't even see their hands in front of them. But what's interesting is what can you see? Now, they described it as a fog. But I say to you, when I just tell you to look at this energy, it looks like little droplets in the air when you can focus on it closer up. And when in the distance, it looks just like fucking fog. And what I'm saying to you is, what if, and this is only hypothetical because I have no way of knowing for sure I wasn't there, but what if they all moved into what is a, a, a state like this without realizing they were? What if this mystic generated that and they accepted it as fog and they accepted the fact that that something was happening and then when the fog started to dissipate here they are somewhere else where they were they folded space if we're in a simulated reality this you know under normal circumstances just insane to imagine okay but keep in mind that if we're in a simulated reality there is truly no distance and this is what we're constantly are, are bouncing around for ideas with science okay but I also would say bring up the Philadelphia experiment, you know, whether it's true or not. And I, I lean towards true, whether or not it was exactly the Philadelphia experiment. But with magnetics, which isn't the same as regular like magnets for a kitchen refrigerator. But <coughs> we know through Einstein, we know through to such that reality is is created on the basis of magnetics. And in so can it be manipulated? Can it be shifted? And is what holds this static reality together that I'm talking about, what is this, this force of energy that keeps these dots so perfectly separated at such a perfect distance? And to me, I always go back to magnetic. Um, and so I don't know if I'm over explaining things or if this is useful or not, but I think reflecting on this stuff in a spiritual context makes you more gifted, more more likely to have profound experiences. And so would you would you say that like going into seeing the sideways rain is one of the first steps to actually bending reality in a certain way? I would say always be careful with the I, I think one of the problems to affecting reality in a spiritual aspect is because we always put physical terminology to it. And we think about it in a physical terminology way, and that in itself has rules because it's like a computer program, and that's what makes it extremely difficult to affect things or to make spiritual things happen in your life, if you want to call it that. That you have to learn, as we teach, to do these things in a non 
thought kind of way. You're still thinking. You just don't need to use words and 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 kind of think in the same way you have. It's like learning a new way to think, and it it hacks reality. And and this is so so yes to that. You're you are observing, and when you observe something, you become aware of it. If you become aware of it, there's part of your consciousness is starting to understand that you're questioning reality. This is where way back when, when the um, I, I would say, you know, that, that, you know, you're a white cell, your whole life, you've questioned everything. You have a calling, you have this sense of something that something's different, something's calling you that, that what you see and what you can touch isn't all that's there, that there's, there's something beyond all that. Well, you know, bring us up to the future. Now, this is what I'm trying to say to people. It's just at that time, people couldn't understand that as a, as a majority of the, the people. So, this veil, once you understand there's a veil, once you can acknowledge there's a veil, once you become aware of it, okay, this in itself is an, is an undeniable leap in your cosmic trajectory of awakening because this is confirmation. There's, there's something in at least HBI people, we're, we're very logical driven. We, we want more concrete stuff. And when, I mean, we deliver more experiences than anybody out there and I'm not I don't have to pander to you guys and I know what's out there and I know a thousand to one we deliver more experiences than anybody out there in one week let alone one year so but those experiences are what are constructing a whole new sense of reality for you it's it's what's dialing you in the real question now is is how do you organize it to a level which we call affecting and manipulating and that's that's the next level so when you experience these things, you you may not know exactly for at least our listeners what to do with that until as you progress. But that is a huge leap forward when you start thinking about manifestation, when you start thinking about doing healings, when you start thinking about doing uh, uh, telepathy or or deal with time and space and reality. This is all collectively part of that possibility because you're getting to the the core the heart of, of what's really behind everything. And, and once you know that exists and you know that, that how it starts to work because you're observing it differently, your, your mind is consciously working in your subconscious on it, okay? This now allows you to have an amplification, if you will, of your abilities, your sensory, your skills, because you're, you're learning unconsciously, again, how to hack reality. And that's, that's what all psychic phenomena is. That's what all paranormal is. And when you really think about it, we're, we're really bending physics. And we most people can only do it in tiny little increments here and there. It's extremely difficult to do. So the more that you can understand the epicenter of how it really works, now you're, you're walking in, in my shoes. Now you're walking in, in, in an understanding of how it all works. And your, your, your understanding now allows you to have a higher level of integration with this phenomena and nobody's talking about what i'm talking no. about no but we're light years ahead of anybody yeah. anybody's listening to this stuff is on the cutting edge of of what i would call the 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 new metaphysical consciousness i mean it just goes beyond new age stuff yeah definitely um i have a question from somebody here that said when i'm tired i see tiny colorful fractals just hanging out there in the air i just mm -hmm. wanted to say that but how does one know if uh, the constant sounds are tones or tinnitus? They're very loud at times, meditation, and a few times on the right, it feels like the pressure change, a pop with a, pop, with a loud, very loud sound that lasts for a second. Any thoughts? 
Yeah, I think there's there's different variations, and tendonitis is a definite real thing. You know, um, uh, look, usually with tendonitis, and I don't claim to be an expert on it, you really can't control the tones, from as I understand it, from people who have it. Um, uh, therefore, that's one indication. Number two, tendonitis and that popping or whatever are two different things. Uh, at least it's how I'm, I'm understanding what they're saying. Sometimes when you're like sitting on the couch or in a car or something, you all of a sudden hear right in your ear, and it gets really loud, and then it just kind of goes away, and you know it's going to go away. To me, this is a constant shift. Something either in the matrix or in your consciousness or in what I'll call, and this is you know craziness, okay, your trajectory of life, okay, something's being altered and that's what I, I, I that's your telltale something is, is happening okay it may be so minute or it may be so grand that you're completely unaware of being able to see it even in a matter of days or weeks okay but something was altered okay number two is you know you could say maybe this is something in the eardrum maybe there's pressurization da 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 I would I would argue that okay only because of what I know so Having said that, uh, tendonitis is going to be something that is going to be something continuous. It never ends. It never stops. Okay, with listening to the tones, although you can get batshit crazy because you 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 can't stop thinking about it because one thing you're looking for and you can't find it. All of a sudden you find it. You can't get it to stop. It's like oh my god. And I say, well, watch TV or if you go to sleep or something, it'll just stop. Tendonitis won't do that. Okay, so when you the, the the key to listening to tones is that at first it's almost like you're fighting to find it, and then when you find it, it's almost hard to get rid of. You can you can have bouts where where you can have it going on for a couple days. Not that you can't get it to stop, but the, your mind gets curious and goes, "Oh, you start thinking about it stopped, yay!" And because you're thinking about it stopping, you're subconsciously searching for it. You can feel yourself doing it, like like, well, where is it? And the second you do that, you're bringing it back because you've developed this skill to find it which is just crazy when you think about it you know so th these are the differences you're going to find between tenunitis and and whatnot and i i mean i i mean i can't put out there whatever but what i'll say is that you know i mean with magpill for i'll leave it at whatever reasons uh, people who have tenunitis say that that stopped for them right. so i'm just going to leave it at that because we you know we can't say one thing or one one way or the other but so I also, I think it's like, okay, sometimes you're listening to the tones and you hear a or you, you don't necessarily hear it, but it's like you feel a pressure change. And it's almost like on one side or the other, there's like a, uh, almost like a, uh, like when you're underwater or something, like a feeling that there's like this something pressure change, but you don't hear another tone there, but you feel like there might be one there. Um, you know, this is where we have to be very careful. When you start to, to, to talk about the unknown, the, the delicate, fine lines of, of this subject, words are very, very misleading or they can lead you right to what you want, okay? So when you say a high pressure, okay, we've got to be careful with that because I think people are thinking that you're literally feeling like a pressure in an airplane and you want to yawn your ears, okay? And that may be the case and that's what I need to know because if that's the case, I have not experienced it in that way. Okay, if you're experiencing it that way, then I would say something unusual is going on. So I would 
you know, want to like clarify that. this. Sure. Kind of like when you have like a seashell on your head and yep. you hear that, it's kind of like that. Okay. So just for the record, that to me is not like an airplane and what you would say underwater pressure. Cause that's what I would say. Would you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so when, when, you know, when you're doing tones and I've, I, I've gone through tones so much. I, I'm shocked that there's even questions to this anymore. I mean, there's so much information on it and so much t techniques I've given. Um, when you you may feel um, uh, what you're calling a pressure, I call a static charge. Um, the static charge, I think, is your brain electrical uh, kind of moving around your nervous system, your body. But I also think the energy around your body is being manipulated. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw something new because I like to keep the the podcast and anything I do a little bit fresh and keep pushing it. Is that seeing that we're talking originally about the sideways rain and this is the static reality, the, the foundation that creates everything that we're connected to for, for a simulated reality. When you start to work with tones, I would say that, that, and I've never done this, I'd like to probably observe this, but I suspect that when you're shifting tones, if you were to look at the fog around somebody that it would be arcing, okay? And that's the best way for me to give you an idea of what what I'm trying to explain is that it feels like it's doing that. Yes, and 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 this is what I'm trying to say. So you're you're bending, and you. I always say that the truest way to movement is learning how to work with tones, and it's it's almost from a a human perspective, a three dimensional perspective. It's very very hard for people at first to understand that when you're using tones, you're moving with your mind, okay? Because we, we just don't relate to that. Do you know what I'm saying? But it, it's, it's, if I had to give it that, it's like, like somebody doing a soundtrack for, you know, sometimes they got these pieces of music, they're like movie tracks, but they're not for movies. And you can hear somebody walking in a cave or the raindrops in the distance or something moving towards you. That is like moving in your mind. It's giving you this sense audibly, even though you're not, but it's fooling you through, through audio. It's similar to that, that when you're doing tones, that you're, you're feeling it very much in the distance. It's, it's faint, and then you're, you're trying to control it. You're trying to bring it in so it's getting louder. And all of a sudden, you realize that you can make it get louder, and then you can make the other one get louder or softer, and the other one louder or softer. And here's the key things. The, the, the key word is you're making. You're, you're somehow grabbing something without hands, without anything, just by focusing on it, and somewhere inside of you, which, which is the chest, which we've shown, okay, you're learning to use that to bring something in and to push it away. You're learning to, to go and pick something else and say, okay, I'm choosing to take this and bring it in and move it away. And the more that you learn to do that, you're learning movement. You're learning how you will physically operate when you have no organic body left as a soul, as consciousness outside of your body. If we're in a simulated reality and consciousness exists with that outside of it, how do you move? How do you, how do you, how do you operate? It's going to be completely alien to you getting up out of a chair and walking. And this is why I say it's so important to understand something about the tones. You don't have to do it every day. You can forget how you do it. You never really forget. Do you see what I'm saying? It'll come to you. But 
you you are learning how to move your mind in such a way that that is teaching you a new form of what's up and down and anybody who's done it you guys are both have hit probably some decent level then you know to I me mean? when i say tell me where up and down is we just think forward and back but if you really think about it there is no up or down it's it's just a direction so ask yourself where is up and down is energy if your consciousness or your soul you don't have eyeballs you don't have a nose you don't have you know ears with eardrums you don't have a lungs you are a static consciousness how does that work what really makes absolute sense is the tones the tones makes absolute sense and if that's all you're doing then immediately you will excel at that do you see what i'm saying it, it, it's like a fish to water but this high pressure you're talking about you're moving around you're moving around your energy that's coexisting with your organic body your your three-dimensional two-dimensional call whatever you want body you're moving this energy you're flexing yourself in a very unique way beyond just doing energy movements a lot of people ask us where's the best place to start with our courses and material the fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the foundation meditation system this is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window, seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it. So I did, reaching my hand out the window to touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken, knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind, pushing, weaving, feeling it, touching it, and the sun warming, soothing, healing. Somewhere in between, I flew. Higher balance. 
we think outside of the box. A new kind of spirituality, a new kind of meditation, a revolution in consciousness. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.